Good. Evening. Europe. Hello and welcome to Not Often Heard, the podcast, Eurovision 2021. My name is Gary. My name is Mark. And my name is Alex. Uh, Welcome once again uh, to our regular series of podcasts covering the Eurovision Song Contest. I say regular because when we started doing this podcast, oh, what, 2019, wasn't it, Mark? We said, oh, this is going to be great for Eurovision because we're going to use it um, to talk about Eurovision, you know, in more in depth than we ever could on our radio show when it comes around. And then what happens? They go and cancel it for 2020. Global pandemic. So 18 months we've been waiting to do this this podcast. It'll be worth the wait. But the time has <laughs> arrived. So Eurovision 2021 is taking place in Rotterdam, or has taken place if you're listening to this months or weeks after the fact. And was it good to have it back, guys? Oh, definitely. I had a little tear in my eye when it started. When the jingle kicked in on the BBC, I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh it's it's, sweet. It's, it does it's feel normality. good. Yeah, it did feel good to have it back after like two years of it. Because I, I was flicking through Facebook this morning and one of the first things that came up was Facebook memories showing us doing the Eurovision uh, podcast from two years ago. Oh, gosh. And I was just like, oh, yeah. God, we're back at it. We were, we're all young. Everything's, everything going back to the stuff we love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great. So uh, we are here uh, to have a look at semi-final one and examine what cracked off what performances we saw, did we like them, did we not, and did the correct countries get through, in our opinion? And I have to stress, it is our opinion. Oh, <laughs> that absolutely. is all. Feel free to I disagree mean, and shout at the radio or your, your, your MP3 player or whatever you're listening to us via. Yeah. I mean, clearly our opinion is right, obviously, <laughs> but, you know. In our opinion, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody has such a wide, such a wide range of opinions, and everybody has their own take. Absolutely. And yeah. what some people see yeah. as a fantastic song, others will hear and think, "Oh my goodness, this is an absolute dirge." Yeah. <laughs> I will say this though. Um, last night after the show was finished, I was sort of essentially doing a poll, and I sort of came up with the five five top thoughts about Eurovision that people had from the semi-final. Like, I have found, like, the five, like, top things that people said throughout the night that was the most common things I heard people who'd been watching it say. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with... Uh, North Macedonia was very musical. We'll get into all of these later, by the way. Cyprus was a Lady Gaga rip-off. <laughs> oh. Israel... Israel stole RuPaul's, uh, Simone's hair from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> no one can agree on Azerbaijan, whether it's good or bad. Okay. <laughs> and one 
on earth was Ukraine and and what on earth was Ukraine doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that shall all be revealed uh, throughout this podcast. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it's back, and we we kick off with a, an amazing performance from Duncan Lawrence, the uh, reigning champion, with a rather eighties inspired track, actually. Um, which I thought was much better than his actual winning song from the bit I heard. <laughs> Shade. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I just yeah. thought it was a cracking stuff, a cracking piece of music to get us off. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the the all, I liked they went all red for it. I thought like, having mm. it in the one colour was really mm. sort of cool and modern. Yeah, those neon cues And the lighting they had. for it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Those were great. Although there were those weird... Um, like things the dancers did with their corsets when they sort of it was like they pulled a string and they just sort of opened up like one of those pop-up camping tents that's the that's the hashtag do you remember yeah. those that's the hashtag <laughs> open you, up those, those kids tent, the tent those kids tents that you used to have where you'd pull the string and the whole yeah. thing would just pop up yeah remember yeah. those yeah dude. that's what but... i thought they had on their outfits <laughs> I didn't get that, Gary. But yeah, it's the hashtag, isn't it? Yeah. Hashtag open up is the slogan for Eurovision 2021. I suppose, it, yeah, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. That's what it meant. Oh, you're far too. You're far more cerebral than us, obviously. <laughs> Looking at all the really? symbolism. <laughs> Shows you how many times like, I've watched was this. That? <laughs> <laughs> so, Duncan gets us going, uh, and it's a proper like we're back vibe to it that the crowd in mm-hmm. the hall even though there's only three and a half thousand it's a reduced audience it doesn't feel like it's an empty venue at all does it Great oh no like two years of no eurovision all that kind of pent up like excitement of getting back the audience is definitely making up for the numbers in terms definitely. of their enthusiasm yeah it's lovely, and I love the way they've used the, the the section in front of the stage, which would normally be sort of standing room only for Eurovision fans, waving the flag. It's a bit like a pit, isn't it? The Euro pit. Um, that's mm. been turned into the green room, socially distanced with these big sort of sofas for each delegation and a really good use of the space, I think, so that everybody's mm. kind of in it together in the hall and you get to see the acts applauding along their fellow competitors and it's really, really nice to see. I think in the years going down, I think that's to be something they should keep in even afterwards. Just have the have the, those little like, cordon-off sofa sets for all the entries. So then the, it would be great for people who are down in in the pit in future Eurovisions to actually feel like they're like enjoying this party right alongside with the entries. Mm. Yeah, it'd so, be nice. As long as we can trust people to keep their hands to themselves a great thing. and stay socially distant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and before we keep getting to the songs properly, we have four hosts, uh, including Nikki from Nikki Tutorials, um, who massively impressed me. I don't really know them, um, apart from I kind of knew the name, but I've never watched their, the content on their channel or anything like that. But no, really, no. really well, good host. Well, we had a debate and a, and a question about this, because I know a little bit about Nikki Diego, I know some of her stuff. I know that um, she is an out-trans woman, mm-hmm. and I was curious about that, as whether that made Nikki the first trans presenter of Eurovision or not 
To be honest, I am not sure. I my knowledge is packed Ooh, on that. So a, I'm, a Eurovision fact that, that I, a Eurovision, honestly, Eurovision fact that Gary doesn't know. Yeah, I'm not prepared to say mm-hmm. yes or no because I'm not I'm not educated in that area to know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. To be honest, but um, well. Shall we, uh, um, just to say, obviously, alongside Nikki, we have three other hosts, including uh, Ed Cilia, who competed for the Netherlands in both 98 and 2007, came fourth in 97, in, uh, in 98, sorry, in Birmingham. Um, not 97, like Scott Mills said, and I just said then, we both no. got it wrong. Terrible, terrible Scott. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, let's, mm. let's dive into the performances. Um, we're going to go straight on to Lithuania. And the Roop uh, discotheque. So um, we talked a bit about this on the preview, Mark Hanton, when we said it's a bit steps in terms of the costuming. Oh, absolutely. The bright yellow, canary yellow outfit. It's with the white shoes. Very steps. Very, very steps. Yes. But I like that, actually. (laughs) I was just saying, we definitely liked the, the... The outfits, even though they were quite played, and we definitely saw like the, there was this steps influence for it. Well, I'm just quite grateful that men's high heeled boots are back in fashion now, so it's fine. I can go out and buy a pair. <laughs> I just couldn't take my eyes off his, his white plastic, whatever they are, high heeled boot, ankle boots that he's got. I'm like, wow. <laughs> They look amazing, to be honest. And I quite like the um, one of the backing dancers in a little yellow air hostess type uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a joyous performance, I thought. Like, really, they did, they did, did seem to be enjoying themselves. Although, I'm not sure, I, I don't know, maybe they lacked a, some of the energy they had in previous performances that I've seen of that song. Maybe they were just a little bit nervy to be opening the show. Maybe um, I mean, this is in f- other performances. They were like gave it all. Uh, you have to suppose remember that this is the fourth time in two days that they've performed this because <laughs> rehearsal, jury, rehearsal, live show. So it, it's a mm. lot. It's intense, but it's a really good opener. <laughs> I, I particularly love the little xylophone bit on the bridge. Uh, that's good. And I thought the, the kind of theming about having a discotheque at home. And yeah, that's very sort of covid 2021 kind of thing you're like yes partying at home um Mm, so it's a really good vibe really good um start to the show and the first appearance of the pink neon which uh we are going to be seeing a lot of this year i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) shall we my only oh sorry i'll just say my only downside to that entry from lithuania is i'm not sure there's a lot of singing there and mm. that's all I'll say. But the song itself, I think, is, is catchy and it's good. Let's move on to song number two, Slovenia, uh, Anna Soklic, uh, which uh, they are singing Amen. Mm. Uh, we'll go to you mm. first, Alex. What did you think of this one? It wasn't... It was, it was sort of a middling for me because I thought that she looked quite nice. Like, it wasn't a a dull outfit by any means you know she had the cape Capes love a cape at Eurovision. you love a cape true capes are back for Eurovision. Mm-hmm. i thought performance wise mm, hit or a miss she kept doing that really kind of crazy like wavy thing with her arm 
at one point, and I was like, but you know, it was a standard Eurovision. It was standard Eurovision ballad. Hmm. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't. It was not my favorite of the evening. Mark, what did you think? Oh, pretty much echo what Alex has said. I thought she sung it very well. She performed it quite nicely. Um, dare I say it was a little bit on the dull side. <laughs> but there's nothing particularly wrong with it. It just also didn't stand out. Um, I think I think we've got a bit of an echo chamber here because I kind of feel the same. It's like it's not terrible, um, but. It's not the strongest song. It was okay, no, but it wasn't like, no. wow, I want to pick up the phone and vote, if I could, for that. No. Um, at times, it was difficult to understand what she was saying uh, in terms mm, of the words, but yeah. you could say that about a lot of songs, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what I thought was interesting was they really took advantage of the pre-recording backing vocal um, of <laughs> change for this year. The whole gospel choir type backing on it yeah, to really... Yeah beef it up towards the end they they so they took full advantage of being able to do that this year and, and why not don't blame them um mm. shall we move on to um one of the um the first entries tonight to proper give us a show with a gimmick yeah uh, and that is song number three russia manisha oh. russian oh. woman <laughs> can i just say based on the oh. song alone i'd written this off but the performance sold it to me. <laughs> I, I think I wrote, oh, she yeah. sells the bleep out of this. <laughs> she really does. The performance is what makes it. The song, yeah, it's better than what I thought it was. But it's, it's all about the performance for me. And I was very pleased it qualified. I know we'll talk about that a bit more later. Um, but as I was scoring yeah. it, that song scored one of the highs for me, actually, which I was very surprised about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Alex, what did you think? Oh, I definitely found that the performance helped sell it in the end. Like, just, like the, the get-go, just having that, that sort of cage dress thing that she was wearing, that she just popped, just sort of popped out of it. It was like... Sort of echoes what Scott Mills was saying that that night in the commentary. It was almost like Russian dolls. Like we kind of wanted it to sort of pop, like from one outfit out of another outfit out of another <laughs> outfit. I think they missed the trick but, there. No, she was. Yeah, but she she was definitely putting every single. You cannot say that she was not performing in that because she was mm. absolutely putting every emotion into it. Yeah. She sold it. I wrote down Emperor Dalek in a dress just because the way she was gliding around <laughs> and the kind of general shape. Yeah, it was very Dalek. I didn't Dalek. even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I, I mean, for oh me... Oh, my God, that is hilarious. I mean, for me, it's, it's a great message. I absolutely understand. You know, fantastic graphics mm-hmm. that reinforce that message. Um However, I think I differ to you, Mark. Even though I thought it was a strong performance and I enjoyed the visuals, that wasn't enough. I still don't like no. the song. I, it's just not mm. my taste. And so yeah. it's not something that would go very high on my list, um, to be honest. No, I, I don't. It's, it's not one I would see as, as winning. And it's not one of my favourites. But I was taken aback by how much I did enjoy it 
at the whole performance. Mm. But really good, particularly that moment at the end with the video wall and, and all those women. Mm. Um, really, a, a, a great moment mm-hmm. uh, that really sells the message of the song. Okay, let's move on to song number four, uh, which is Sweden and Tusa Voices. Uh, now, ah. now, this is an entry that we're really familiar with because we followed Melfest closely and we've we've done pods about it. We've followed his journey. So this is probably mm. one of those songs that we've heard more than any other in the contest because of, because of that. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's very difficult to judge it because I've seen it being performed so many diff- different times through Melfest, etc. So, yeah. But I liked the way they yeah. scaled up the performance from the Melfest stage. It was a little bit copy-paste, but it was then magnified. Uh, so that was good. I like the fact that it wasn't just a straight copy. Uh, so they mm. have amped it up. I liked his costume was similar to Melfest, but it's an evolution of it. Uh, with re- removing the red sleeves off the jacket. And he's now got sort of kind of black uh, sleeves, isn't he? Um, on it with, with, with Pat, with like some kind of accoutrements, some kind of jewellery mm. kind of thing. Um, he, as a performer, is still very, very engaging. Sells the heck out of that song. Mm. Vocally, I thought he was yes. really strong. I don't know why some people were saying he wasn't going to qualify and he was struggling. Because to me, he didn't sound any that much different to all the other times I've heard him perform. And he performed Not it at all. brilliantly. And he's clear that he's mm. having fun on there. Um, so all round... It was a solid performer for me. What about you, Mark? Very, very infectious smile. You kind of like, you watch him smile and you want to smile with him. Mm. Very charismatic. I love that. I love that. Um, I know, obviously, I was watching with Alex online last night with a couple of other friends and somebody mentioned that his outfit made him look like he'd stepped just out of Street Fighter. Oh, yes. You know, the video game. (laughs) I get that. Because it looked like he was wearing like a martial arts kind of outfit. Um, yeah, it is difficult. I think you've said it. You've said it. It's difficult to approach it in in, a, in an objective way because we've seen and heard it so many times. Um, it's solid. It's a solid song. Um, at one point, I was uh, in the results as they were reading it out. I was like, "Is he going to qualify? Is he going?" But I just thought he definitely should have done, and I'm glad that he did. Hmm. Alex, what did you think? My my opinion of it is is that the kind of the mark of a good Eurovision song is how good it stands up in its repetition. Think about all the bangers that we have through Euro, through Eurovision. All of our our euphorias, our making your mind up, our phoenixes, the songs that we've heard probably loads and loads of times since they were repeated the first time. And how they still hold up even years later. That's how I felt about Tusa's performance. Even though I'd seen it at Melfest, it still holds up. And that's why I think it's going to still be a really great I Eurovision think, entry that we're going to remember yeah. for a while. I think you're right. I think you know, that song will age well. Yeah. It's still a great tune. Mm. The message behind it is still fantastic. And, you know, whether Tusa goes on to win or not, 
I think we've seen a really great Eurovision song in the making mm. with Sweden's entry. Yeah, for me, not a winner, but probably another top 10 finish for them. I think it will do quite well, actually. Yeah, Again. I think so. Okay, let's move on to song number five, Australia, Montaigne and Technicolor. Now, this is an unusual one because it's the only performance in Semi 1 which they've had to revert to the, the backup tape. Um, so mm. each artist in advance of travelling to Rotterdam recorded a performance in their home country and submitted to the EBU in the event that um, COVID-19 restrictions meant that they weren't able to perform live in Rotterdam. Uh, unfortunately, this was the case for Australia and it was deemed just there was no easy way for the Australian delegation to travel and back again whilst maintaining sort of safe procedures and not risk bringing mm. uh, COVID back. So very difficult for Montaigne because she's had to sit at home and see all these events and the press conferences, the rehearsals, the whole circus of Eurovision and has not been able to take part in any of it. And I know that has been difficult. She's admitted that it's been horrible mm. sitting at home and putting a brave face. And actually she, she said at one point, I said, I'm fine and it's fine. It's okay. I'm cool with it. And it's not fine. I, I'm missing it. I really wish I was there. So I really like her honesty. But anyway, mm. on to the song. Mark, what did you think of Technicolor? It is uh, it's a, it's a grower for me. When I first heard it, I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is, what is this? Um, but I've got to admit, every time I've heard it since, it's really grown on me. And the chorus, you know, that technicolor as it's mm -hmm. repeated over and over again it really sticks in your head mm -hmm. and i really like kind of like the punky it's really colorful the kind of like visual effects they've got where she goes all blurry as she's performing i think it's great i really it's really grown on me mm -hmm. alex what did you think uh i kind of summed up australia century in two words and those two words were queer energy <laughs> the <laughs> Yeah, the way that she actually. looked with the with the short hair, but with the rain, with that kind of all the rainbow makeup, the outfit that she was wearing, the 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 music style, the lighting, it felt like being back in a gay club. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can like see it felt that. Like totally. It was a gay club. Felt like being in a gay bar in the middle of Pride, and this tune comes on, and everyone is up there dancing. So I really liked it. Mm. It was one of my it was one of my favourites, actually, of the evening. I'm with you, Mark. It was a grower. It was something I saw the uh, preview video and I thought, meh, not too sure about that. Uh, but really, really good performance. Really enjoyed it. Um, I do wonder if the, the kind of style of the singing may have put some people off and thought, oh, she's out of tune or she's pitchy or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm no expert, but. It, it, it's an unusual style compared to some of the other singers in the yeah. contest. But it suits the song, and I thought it was really good. And she has, you could argue she has a massive advantage because the performance that the juries vote on is the exact same performance the televoters vote on. Whereas everybody else, obviously they perform the night yeah. before for the juries, then they perform the day after for the live show for the televote. So it's two slightly mm. different performances. Australia had the advantage that it was an identical performance that was being judged. Um, as we find out when we go through the results, yeah. um, it didn't, unfortunately, pay off. 
<laughs> right. Uh, but still a good song, and it's one that will, well, will go on to my rotation on my playlist, I'm sure. Um, on to song yes, number six, uh, North Macedonia, Vasil, and Here I Stand. Um, Alex, would you like to give us your thoughts on this one first? Uh, yeah, sure. So, I think, you know, there was a nice touch in kind of the sort of the person, personal touches with um, the lyrics, but I think, as I said before, something in the music, we both said this, didn't we, Mark? It was very mm-hmm. sort of like, it was, a, it was like a musical number. It was like, it was like the missing song from Evita. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it's a bit, bit theatre darling. Let's sing it yeah. to the back row. Very pulsy. Yeah. We also sort of noticed, sort of towards the end of it, I think that this guy has been raiding Dotter's wardrobe because obviously he <laughs> did that thing with the lighting and he had what we call the the, the, the disco chest. <laughs> He's bulletproof moment. Dotter did with her song Bulletproof. <laughs> the bulletproof mm-hmm. moment where he basically had like a disco ball for a chest and the lights were all bouncing off it and it was like, oh, the the disco it's as we <laughs> yes <laughs> say or back the return of the disco it's <laughs> and the return of the cape once more it's our second cape of the evening ready on song yeah. six our second cape Edna Mode is <laughs> no fuming capes. <laughs> no capes um, <laughs> anything you'd like to add Mark uh, no I, I thought it was quite a nice song and he looked he looked lovely um, and he, you could see he was loving his life singing that song. Mm. Um, and I just thought it was it was well sung. It was a nice song. But again, a little bit like Slovenia, it just did not stand out enough. Mm. Yeah, that's what I Which was put. unfortunate. Inoffensive, but nothing really grabbing me was what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. It's nice, well sung, decent lyrics... You just didn't grab me. You need to grab me. Mm. Grab me. Well, um, let's see if song number seven grabs you. This is Ireland. Leslie Roy with Maps. Um, now, um, this th- this performance has been an issue since day one, unfortunately, since they arrived in Rotterdam. Mm. Because of the complex staging requirements of it meant that we had a break before it to set up the equipment and we mm-hmm. have to have a break after it as well to remove the equipment which isn't ideal in the flow of the contest no. um, and it, it is caused they they, they no. spent a lot of time in rehearsals um having to tweak with the staging to the to the expense of the um, the actual rehearsal time because they only got through like two out of their three runs for example in their allotted time because yeah. oh, of them having yeah. to tweak the staging to get the camera angles right yeah. um Mark, what did you think of this one? Um, it was over-engineered, wasn't it, basically? Um, I think the staging was um, fixated upon to the detriment of the song and the singing, quite frankly. Mm. It was too much attention was given to the staging and not enough to the actual song and the performance, the actual singing of the song. Mm. Um, and you know what? Um, I know we're going to talk about results later, but I was... I was actually gutted for Leslie Roy that they didn't qualify. I was gutted because I think the song itself is pretty decent, uh, but Mm. she did not sing it well enough. She did not, and it was because of the staging. 
I would agree. I, I had to put too much effort onto it. I put vocal sacrificed for performance as my note uh, mm-hmm. for this one. Um, Alex, anything you'd like to add to that? I mean, I think knowing how we, as the English tend to turn out in terms of our Eurovision results, I think we tend to have quite a relationship with Ireland in terms of support of supporting them going through to Eurovision because they have had quite a good run of successes but this song mm. I'm sorry they, I mean what they did with the staging was good but because they spent so much time with it the rest of it just kind of kind of flopped mm. and I, I, mm. it just made me I just had this visceral feeling because it's Ireland Ireland for goodness sake it was like that moment. In, uh, there's like there's like clip from America's Next Top Model where Tyra Banks is shouting at the contestants. She's like, "I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you?" <laughs> That's how I was feeling. It, it's one of those ones where staging will will go down in history because it's uniqueness. Um, mm-hmm. I think they also. Apart from sacrificing the vocals somewhat, they they took a wrong turn towards the end where she ran out to the front of the stage and all you could see was all these boxes scattered around and it looked really cluttered at the back of her. Mm. If I was staging it, it was my choice. Wait until the end and do the pull out and reveal to show how it was done. Don't do it when you've still got a a minute left of the song or something like that because it just looks messy behind you, unfortunately. Okay, on to song number eight, which is Cyprus and Elena with El Diablo. Um, Mark, what did you think of this one? Well, I think Alex summed it up right near the start of this pod when he was just like, Cyprus, I've ripped off Lady Gaga. (laughs) And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Uh, But it is clearly bad romance by Lady Gaga, mm. clearly. Uh, that's no bad thing, you know. It's a good song. Uh, and I think it's just different enough, but similar enough, people say, oh, sounds like Lady Gaga, that does. So mm. I think that'll stand them in, in good stead, actually. Um, but overall, solid performance, actually. Good song, catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that it's got some... Um, <laughs> How can I put this politely? It's got some of the God Squad up in arms. <laughs> Controversial lyrics. Okay. Yeah. The God Squad don't really yeah. realize that certain words translate differently in different languages. And the Diablo <laughs> in one language will mean the different in another. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That passed me apparently by. We're, apparently, we're giving our heart to the devil. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they've got nice pyro, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was quite impressed, actually, with the uh, the pyro Diablo they had at the, the back, which Ooh, I yeah, think like was a practical effect, um, rather than mm. just whack it on the LED. Um, so I was quite impressed with that, yeah. actually. It looked, it looked really good. I will say, that, I will say, though, you know, if they were trying to reassure the God Squad that it, you know, it wasn't... Like a demonic thing, they could have done better than having, you know, the word Diablo <laughs> behind them in burning letters. 
Yeah. Just just a just a little pines. Pandering a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I get I get kind of kind of like Fuego vibes off it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's not a bad thing considering how popular Fuego was. Mm. Okay. Oh, no, Fuego is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. On to song number nine now, which is Norway, Ticks, and Fallen Angel. It's another one of those songs that we followed closely. Um, I really enjoyed Norway's Melody mm. Grand Prix this year. So I've followed his journey. I've, I've, he's probably an artist I've seen. I've read and, and watched the most about on the run-up to the contest. I've seen interviews with him and read articles about his music and how he got to where he is. Uh, he's got a really good story behind it. Mm. Um, Alex, what did you think about Fallen Angel? Um, I mean, he's clearly been raiding um, the Fire Saga movie wardrobe. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> the whole Angel Wings thing. Yeah. But you know, it, it was a it is definitive Eurovision from like head to toe. You know, it's a classic sort of Eurovision style sort of boy bandy tune. The look was really good. Like, everything about it screamed what we expect from Eurovision. Hmm. Mm. So it ticks a lot of boxes. Mark, what did you think? Uh I I loved it. I really like it. I think it's a nice, great song. I think there's a great story behind it. I love Tix's backstory as well. I loved I love about why he's called Tix. I loved his outfit. Very Elton John as well, I thought. <laughs> the song was just like I imagined it coming from like it could be a nineties boy band song. I could see the Backstreet Boys singing that. And I'm here for the nineties. I love the nineties. Um and there was a key change. Love and I love the change. chains and the, the, you know, the little imps and devils, like, waltzing around him. It was great. I think it was really, really good. I mm. really enjoyed it. Great performance. Good song. Nice and catchy. Yeah. Mm. One of the top ones for me. It's another one of those ones where I find it really difficult to judge it because I've, I've watched this performance so many times. I've seen, <laughs> you know, various clips and various performances of it. So I was... My notes were actually seem quite harsh because I, I put, I've seen him do it better. He's done it better in some <laughs> of the MGP performances. Uh, it felt like the backing track was a bit low at the beginning. However, okay. I, did, I did like the evolution of the staging. Yes, it's very similar to the MGP performance, mm -hmm. but the, the lighting has been elevated and great use of, of the space and the effects. But that moment where he takes off the glasses... I was going to say, oh... I know, I'm... I want. I'm. I'm not hope it's not a cynical thing that they were doing it to, as a ploy for votes because he's actually been made a big thing about how when he takes the glasses off, he's um, Andreas. He he's not Tix. Tix is a character that he puts on oh, okay. with this big coat and all this, you know, lots of bling and stuff like that. It's a front because he's actually a very very shy guy. Um. And so he puts on this persona to be able to perform like this. And the glasses coming off is the real him. And you can see his eyes, the ticks are there. And yes, you can. It's yeah. cool. and, and that's partially why he he wears the glasses. And in fact, that the press conference afterwards, when he, he was a qualif qualifier, um, he did take his glasses off and he, he struggled. He, he, he almost froze and couldn't get his words mm. out. And it's amazing. He just pops the glasses back on and he can put it back on track. 
So it's like yeah. a real, real thing for him, this persona. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, wow, when you take that, those glasses come off, that is a proper moment there. Yeah. But how many people, how many non-Eurovision fans have actually bothered to look at the backstory? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to know that. You're just going to judge it on the song and the performance, unfortunately. So mm. will it do as well as yeah. we would like it to in the finale? I have my doubts. Yeah, but it is, it's a lovely song. I think mm. it's great. <laughs> okay, we're going on to Croatia. Song number 10, uh, Albina and TikTok. Mark, kick us off with this one. What do you think? Uh, I really like this one. Our, again gutted it didn't qualify i thought it should have done really spacey with the setting really sci-fi um really catchy as well oh that barbarella outfit i know we've talked about barbarella outfits when we did melfest and i was very anti uh barbarella outfits <laughs> in melfest but I thought it really fitted the song very, very well. Mm. Really good performance. It was one of the ones that I, I kind of I just thought, oh, Croatia, TikTok, okay. Mm. And I was like, ooh, this is good. Alex, what did you think? Yeah, I have to agree with Mark on that. I thought it was giving some very uh, highly vibes. Yes. Nice catchy beats, mm. like the lighting, but it was, it was sort of one of those that was sort of in the middle for me. You know, it was it was a very good tune, but it was not one of my favourites of the night. A lot of people seem to be quite shocked that it didn't qualify. Um, I I really am not surprised, to be honest. I, I feel very different, I suppose, to you, Mark. Um, I don't think it was the best vocal. It was Pink Neon again. Great. We've seen <laughs> loads of Pink Neon already. It's quite generic. There's nothing that sticks oh. out. There's no hook. And TikTok, come on. How many flipping songs have we had called TikTok now? Just in your revision. I'm sorry, I'm being really Gary, salty, aren't I? Are you are you calling me a basic bitch? Oh, no. No. <laughs> I, I, I was really harsh on this one. I just I just went seen it before. Next. <laughs> There's nothing new here. I am, I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> I know it. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um we'll move on to song number eleven, Belgium. Hooverphonic the wrong place now are hoover phonic in the wrong place alex do you think they're in the right place or the wrong place i did kind of like this one it was nice but i wouldn't say it's a oh i would not i wouldn't call it the winner i thought it was a nice it was certainly a nice change from some of the other songs that we had got it was a bit more sort of alternative mm. and different from a lot of the other sort of the Eurovision tropes, and I think we can. I think we can appreciate that because, you know, we we, we should appreciate all kinds of music. Mm. I would agree. It stands out because it is different. It is not pyro, pyro dancers, wah, colours. It's it's very different in in terms of style of music and the type of type of performance it is. So, you're right. It stands out because of that. Personally, not my favourite style of music doesn't do much for me but that's the beauty of the contest we have room for that kind of stuff to get thrown in mm. uh, mark what did you think yeah uh, I, I again i'll agree with both of you uh, i thought the performance sold it the 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 song when it was released originally with the video i was just a bit like oh that's a bit boring but then when you see it 
lined up against all the other songs with their performance, it just stands out. That kind of those simple black outfits, the simple staging, the kind of like singing on that podium with the camera moving around them, it just worked. Hmm. And it just made yeah. them stand out completely f- to everybody else. I almost um, that, I almost got a vibe off them that they were like too cool for Eurovision. They were almost lowering themselves. It, it was, it was yes. no, the, even the publicity. Too cool for Eurovision. Yeah, even in the publicity, it was like you've been going since '96. Big deal. Okay, you've been around a while. Yeah, and it's almost you know um, from the fashion. It was like jazz club. Yeah, yeah. It was. I'm sure they weren't giving. Was, it was just that general I vibe it. I was getting of like, you should be lucky we're here. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure they're not yeah. like that at all. I'm no, sure no. Not. It's that, like you say, Alex, that alternative vibe, that kind of like, yeah, we're here and we're doing it, but, you know, we had better offers, really. But we <laughs> thought, you know, we'll do it for you this time. And, you know, and this is what we've come up with. You know, you can like it or you can not like it. We're not bothered, <laughs> sort of thing. That is it. You get the opinion that they're really not bothered if they win or not. They're just here. Yes. <laughs> I'm okay. sure they do, but I'm sure they are bothered, really. But you know, <laughs> but they're not going to be crying if they if they didn't qualify or if they don't score well. I, no. This is just another step in a very yeah. long career they've had already. Um, okay, on to song number twelve, Israel, uh, Eden with "Set Me Free." Mark, what did you reckon? Anger, anger, absolute banger. Oh, I thought it's an anger. Banger. <laughs> Why has it made banger. you angry? No, banger, absolute banger. I couldn't believe it. This was another one that in my in my scoring, I was just like, in fact, actually, it came top of my scoring out of that semi final. I just, I just, I was really taken aback by it. Again, it was one of those songs where I'd just been like, oh, it's very similar to everything else. It's like, oh, you know, standard Eurovision entry, but I was actually quite blown away and that kind of like high high note mm. that was made a lot of fairly impressive but all the stage and everything just seemed to work for me i was i was i thought it was good alex what did you think yeah same as mark really like this was the one that scored the highest for me as well like i really loved the tune i thought what she wore was really great she had that with that amazing like intricate like thing on her head, which, as I said before, reminded me of something that um, Simone had worn from Drag Race. And like, as soon as she hit those uh, the whistle notes near the end, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, th- this this woman is clearly not here to play around. This woman is clearly here for the competition. I think Gary's going to disagree with us again, <sighs> judging by the look on his face. <laughs> I'm looking at it and going, oh, wow, pink neon again. <laughs> yeah. How unusual. Yeah, pink neon. Okay, we've seen it before t- tonight. Stop, Nothing stop special. on the pink neon. Yeah. I, was, I don't mind. It's just when it's every other song. Um, it, the song for me ambles along, and it's not until the last 30 seconds when she kicks, she whips off her dress, she does the whistle tone stuff, mm. she kicks it up a gear. That is what sold it. That's what got it qualified, I think, and that is what's going to get it points. Yeah. Before that, it just shuffles along, you know, amiably. It, there's nothing special there for me. 
But I, I do like the last 30 seconds. I'll give her that. It's, it's calling us basic bitches again, Alex. No, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I think he is. Let's swiftly move oh, on. Oh, okay, let's move on. Um, to song number 13, Romania, Roxon with Amnesia. Um, <laughs> Alex, do you want to start us off with this one? What did you think? Oh. Oh. Oh, we all going to have the same opinion about this. I think I just summed it up before. Ugh. Uh, ugh. One word. That's all I have to say about it. Is just, ugh. Ugh. Um, let's start. Let's, let's sum it up. The three categories that I that we were judging it on last night. We're judging my song, performance, and outfit. The outfit, I absolutely hated it. I hated those colours. The big baggy sleeves and those... Those, those clunky boots that she was wearing, they were just, it was, the whole look was awful. Then she had this really confusing choreography that I did not know what was going on with. And then the song itself, like, what was the message behind it, even behind it? Does anyone even remember what the message behind it was? Because it's completely, no, like, not gone sure. from my mind. Exactly. It was... No, sorry, it was dull. The whole thing was dull. <laughs> I hated Romania. You know what with I this song. You know sorry, what? Romania. It was not a it was not a good entry. You know what I wrote down? I wrote very B Tech in performing arts. <laughs> oh. Oh. Gary oh. Oh. Look, I I worked with people on a performing arts course at uni. <laughs> this has very strong vibes of that. Trust me, I've was, seen this. Yeah, oh. it was very interpretive dance, I thought. <laughs> yes. Kind of like, I'm going oh, to tell a story through my dance. And it's like, uh, I just thought it was the only real dud of the whole evening. Mm. She's, she's not had an easy ride uh, on the Monday night uh, jury um, performance. She had in-ear monitor problems which caused her to oh. go out of sync with the backing track and she was allowed to perform a second time and i, I do right. wonder if a bit of nerves crept in after that thinking mm. is this going to happen again it didn't mm. you know so i was looking out for that and she did absolutely fine but yeah vocally nothing special and the song isn't really my thing so no no okay we're nearly there guys uh song, song number uh Oof. 14 Azerbaijan. Uh, Matahari. Matahari. Mm. Go on, Mark. Okay. So apparently, whilst was I was... was all of last night. Yeah. Whilst I was out uh, taking a comfort break during interval acts and things last night, apparently Silent Social Media Bob was telling all of our friends that Mark is just going to be singing Matahari. At random intervals for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> and it sticks in your yeah. head. I go and get it out. This is, but this is a thing. This is this is this is what you do. Like when something like that gets into your into your head, Mark. I mean, that's that's exactly the sort of thing you do. Like you'll be you'll be, mm. you'll, be you'll be there. Like I guarantee you. Like sleeping, and then just random moments, you'll just mumble in your sleep, you'll be mumbling, Matahari, and then go back to sleep again. But, I will say, shouldn't 
Um, I am right in thinking that Azerbaijan were the country that had Cleopatra last year. Oh, yes. I, I thought it was. Should they not be penalised in some way for carrying over almost exactly the same song? Really? It's, I mean, it's I mean, just different enough. It's copy-paste. Just. <laughs> that's, yeah. what I, that's my thought of it. Is that it's, just, it's just different enough from Cleopatra that we can get away with it, mm. I think. But... I, she sold you know, the performance. That being said, she did a good. She did a good job. The performance was really sold. I like the graphics on the back. I love the snakes whizzing around. <laughs> love the imagery on that. So it's this. It does stand out. And as Phil, a uh, good friend of the, the show, pointed out, it's good desert pop. Desert pop. Desert pop. Yeah. Love that phrase. Desert pop. Need to explore some more desert pop. I'm sure there's some mm. other crackers like that. <laughs> Okay, um, on to our penultimate song for the evening. Ukraine, go A, I think it is, with Shum. Yeah. So, um... (laughs) Yeah. WTF. Mm. We had some very, very mixed feelings about about the Ukraine's entry. Right. Let, let's first of all not take make the cheap jokes about her wearing a dead Orville. We're better than that. Exactly. And everybody's done that joke. It. <laughs> oh. it's it's of a style that doesn't float my boat. It, I find it very monotonous and shouty shouty. And I put I actually put her down as Grot Bag Junior. It's probably being overly hard. <laughs> Oh, and, it's, and it's got a flipping Gary, tin Gary. whistle. You know what I'm like with whistles. You know I still. You don't like them. Every time that Danish song comes on. Which get... one? The one with only teardrops? I'm unreasonable. Oh. <laughs> you have an unreasonable detestation <laughs> of tin whistles. <laughs> <laughs> so, did any of us like it? Or is it all a bit. Nah, not my um, thing. I thought it was just. Wait, I think it was. I think it was just weird enough to be memorable, mm. but it was certainly wasn't up there for me. Like as 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 as, as the beginning, I was like, "Okay, this is weird. What's going on? What are we watching?" And then as the beat started picking up, and as it got really fast towards the end, I was like, "Okay, I can I could get behind this a little bit if I was like." Three sheets to the wind. But... <laughs> okay, let's go on to our last song. Uh, number 16, Malta, Destiny, Jumacas. Uh, Destiny is familiar to the Eurovision uh, circus, having won Junior Eurovision back in 2016. Uh, it was. She is now 18 years old and is having a crack at the adult Eurovision. Mm. And um, wow is, is what I put down for this. Yeah, it. I think it was the performance of the evening. It was the one that mm. blew me away the most. Um, I'm not sure it's my favourite song, but the performance and what she gave was outstanding. Mm. She's so charismatic. You just want to. Mm. You can't take your eyes off her. Yeah. You just want to watch her, and she's got that again. That really infectious smile and that kind of like sassy attitude. It's like, you know what, je me casse doesn't mean like, oh, get out of here. Yeah. 
sort of thing. It's, and it's like, she carried that sass, like, really, really well. The only thing that's missing for me is a chorus. That's what I put. Which we've talked about. Not a chorus. <laughs> Not a chorus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she absolutely sells it. She's got oh, bags my. of confidence. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't move a lot for the first couple of minutes. It's mainly kind of hand das- dancing, and I, I kind of yeah. wish she'd have, <laughs> I, I kind of wish she'd have moved a little bit earlier in the song and done a strut and stuff. Because you know, when she gets going, it's it's really really good. You know, you get shades of Chicago from it, uh, and indeed, in, in one of the rehearsals, she wore like a, a bob uh, wig, oh, okay. like um, from Chicago. Okay. Do, do you know what? Can I just say, I thought I got shades occasionally of this is really off the wall um, of the UK entry Electro Velvet. It was a little mm. bit potato waffly at times, some of the <laughs> that like skiffle sort of thing, you know. I got that kind of like vibe from it. Obviously, ah. this is infinitely better <laughs> than what Electro Velvet was. Although I loved Electro Velvet, if they're listening, I did like that song, but that's just me. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so, anything to add there, Alex, or are you just in agreement that it was a banger? Yeah, like it was a. It was. She was certainly one of the best performers of the evening, in terms of like giving it her all. And I thought, yeah, it was it was a you know a good standard girl power song. Mm. So mm. yeah, a really good entry from Malta. Yeah, strong contender for the win, and we shall see. Mm. So um, let's take a, a quick Definitely. look. Quick look before we finish up then at the uh, the results of semi final one. Uh, so our qualifiers were Norway, Israel, Russia, Azerbaijan, Malta, Lithuania, Cyprus, Sweden, Belgium, and Ukraine. So, out of those top yeah. ten, is there any that you would substitute, Mark? Yes. I yeah. probably would get rid of Ukraine. And I would put probably Australia in there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, oh, then I'm thinking, oh... I did like Croatia as well. And, oh, and I did like... Oh, I did like... Like Ireland, oh! But I was particularly gutted for Australia, I think. Mm. And I'd, I'm going to say something; it might be controversial. So you know, I just, I just get the feeling that if Australia had been there in person, they'd have qualified. Um, and I can't, I can't shake that feeling. I'm, and I'm, oh, I hate myself for thinking maybe. that. Maybe. I mean, um. I thought they did a fantastic job in seamlessly transitioning it from the postcard mm. to the auditorium to the the taped performance because um, yeah. that kind of that fade to black helped. So it was kind of it was mm. seamless. It was great. Yes, of course, as you get a couple of minutes in, you start to realise she's not on the stage in Rotterdam. It's yeah. slightly different. Um, and mm. she has actually said that she was happy with the taped performance but mm. yes if she had been on the stage there would have been differences and it would have been staged slightly differently she, mm-hmm. she would have changed things for it so you're right it could easily have changed the result if she had actually been allowed to go yeah um alex out of those 10 was there any uh, that you would would swap out um i have to agree with mark i just probably swapped out the ukraine for australia and that would have been my only mm. real change um Strange. I think you know as much as, as much as people sort of like Ireland's song. I don't think it did 
It just didn't do as well as it no. could have. Or should have. Mm. I think they should have done better as well. Anyway. Well, it's no wonder we're friends because I feel exactly the same. If I was had the choice, I would have swapped Ukraine for Australia. But that's personal preference. Uh, yeah. That's really all it is. Um, because Ukraine yeah. is a perfectly solid performance. There was nothing wrong with it at all. It's just down to taste uh, mm-hmm. on that if it was me picking a yeah. top 10. In general, I think that is a solid uh, group of qualifiers that the best songs got through. I don't feel anybody yeah. in particular was robbed. Montaigne, okay, yes, we would have liked to have seen them go through. But in terms of performance and stuff, can I honestly say that Montaigne was better than Belgium or Ukraine, who I don't particularly care for? No. Not really, if I'm honest. So that was Semi 1 reviewed, recapped and assessed. One down, two shows to go. Oh, it's exciting, but it's good to have Eurovision back again, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Okay, uh, join us again soon where we are going to review the events of semi-final number two of Eurovision 2021. Wow, high expectations. Exciting. Fingers crossed for Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.